We need to normalize turning men down because they can't afford you. Hey bestie, let's talk about how it is perfectly fine to not want to have it all. I subscribe to a lot of Substack newsletters and one of my favorites is Rob Henderson's and he sent out this newsletter and let me read it to you. According to a survey by Forbes, 84% of working women reported that staying home to raise children is a financial luxury that they aspire to. More than one in three resented their partner for not earning enough to make that dream a reality. I think that that number mirrors what I see in reality. Like whenever I go online, I see these Insta stories, TikToks of women who just had babies and they didn't know it before they had a baby that they would want to stay home but when the baby was here like they're literally in their arms they're like i don't want to go back to work anymore and that is a perfectly valid feeling not that they need me to validate that feeling but i'm just saying like it is perfectly fine and we shouldn't shame women for changing their minds when it comes to these things because as long as it is for the welfare of themselves and their children who are we to say anything Okay. One thing I want to talk to you about is making decisions that expand your choice versus making decisions that limit your choice. And one of the most important choices you will make, especially if you desire motherhood, is choosing a man who is willing and able to provide. Because choosing such a man expands your choices. You can choose to work. You can choose not to work. You can choose to cut back on work. The world is your oyster. But when you choose a man who is not willing or able to provide, you don't have a choice. That is a non-choice. And here's the thing. Women are not weak or lazy for wanting to stay home. That in itself is a full-time job. So expecting a woman to do all of that, plus her W-2, 1099 regular job, is the least pro-women thing you could do. Managing the home and children is a full-time job and that job usually naturally rests on women. We've already covered how whenever a couple wants to be egalitarian and do away with gender roles, I put egalitarian in air quotes because it never is egalitarian, okay? If it was a perfectly fine setup, we wouldn't see women crying about it online. So whenever a couple says they're egalitarian, the bulk of the domestic labor still rests on the woman. The woman ends up doing more work. The man says, oh, we're 50-50, we're equal. You're not. Because it's never 50-50, the woman inherently is giving more and that's why the least a man can do is pay I can't be like an equal partner if I don't pay half of the bills too like I'm not a freeloader that is only true if everything that you contribute non-monetarily has no value but it does have value men benefit from your domestic labor men benefit from the use of your body to further his next generation like can you grow some self-worth we as a collective of women need to wake up okay we need to wake up and realize that we have so much inherent worth and value and the least that these men can do is pay the least he can do is pay back to the topic managing the home and the children is a full-time job so expecting a woman to do all of that plus her outside job is the least pro-women ideology to push and a lot of women are living this nightmare of a reality a lot of us had mothers who had this reality and a lot of men had mothers who lived that reality so these these men, they watch their mothers be super women and then they expect the same out of their future wives. Don't let it be you, bestie. A man who thinks that his mom was super woman for doing everything a housewife does plus subsidizing half of the household bills, that is a man who will make you suffer. This man will want you to prove to him that you're not lazy because you want to rest, because you only want to do 100% of your own work instead of 150, 175% because you are co-opting his work and thus making it easier for him to not pull his weight. I 
can tell you now that trying to prove you're not lazy to a man who already used your body to further his genetic line will lead to a life of suffering. Before the no nuance Nellies come in here and say that I'm pitting women against each other, stay-at-home moms versus working moms, that's not what this video is about, okay? This video is not about shaming working mothers and elevating stay-at-home moms. This is not that video. This is a message to all the young women out there making big life decisions without even knowing it. This is to save all the besties from being in a position of non-choice. You need to know that as much as possible, whenever you make decisions, you need to be expanding your choices and not limiting your choices. One skill you need to hone is learning from others. I've seen enough videos of women crying online on their first day back at work because they had to leave their newborns at home, because they had to go back to work even though they didn't want to. And they feel this pressure to have to go back to work because they're feeling womanhood as a whole. And a lot of them just have the financial pressure because their man needs them to pay the bills as well because they didn't know that they should have vetted a man for being able to provide fully for a home before having a child with him. And that's not a knock at all these women. I feel like this is a product of the society that we are in. Not to say that women don't have agency about making their own choices, okay? I'm just saying, okay, that's the vibe. We are policed against choosing men based on their ability to provide. Like, that's a fact. And that's the reason why I want to destigmatize the term gold digger because it is policing women for making good decisions for ourselves. Anyway, I've seen enough of these videos of women crying online because they're doing things they don't want to do and things that they shouldn't be doing in the first place. They should have had the choice to stay home if they wanted to stay home, but they didn't because that wasn't the situation that they were in. So this video is about what a lot of mothers wish they knew before they became mothers. And one of the things that they wish they knew before they became mothers was to choose a good provider man who can and will provide. So they would have had the choice to either stay home or go to work or find something in the middle. Because here's the thing, like this is one of those things, you don't know what you're gonna do until you're already there. You don't know what you're gonna do until the situation is here. You don't know what you're gonna do until the baby's in your arms. Like you don't know, okay? So why would you make decisions that limit your choices before the situation even comes here? So you need to make decisions that expand your choice, not limit them. It's the same with education. Whenever you pursue education, you're expanding your choices, not limiting them. Anything you do, as much as possible, you need to expand your choices instead of limiting them, okay? Like, remember that. And like I said, if you date a good provider man, you just expand your choices because now you have the choice of doing whatever the heck you want. And as the person who is already giving up a lot, you're giving up tenancy of your body to someone else to further a man's genetic line. And the genetic line does belong to the man in a patriarchy. That's just how it is. So as the person who is already giving up a lot by virtue of being a woman, by existing, by being born this way, it's only one of the ways in which you are compensated for the things that you were giving up. And that's choice you need to have the choice because by default when that child is here it's your responsibility by default you are biologically wired to care for that child we are more attuned to waking up when a baby cries so that's why your husband your baby daddy is still fast asleep while the baby's crying his lungs out you are biologically attuned to care for an infant more so than a man okay that's just how it is so by default if you have this child it's all you okay it is all you but let's get into how this narrative of having it all has been pushed on women because we cannot shed our our biological role as nurturers, as mothers, as primary caretakers of infants. And because this sector of labor is inherently female, it is thus lower status labor and is thus not worthy as a source of empowerment through the lens of 2010's girl boss feminism. So being a mom, which is a full-time job in itself, is lower status labor. In the lens of 2010's girl boss feminism, for women to elevate their status in society, we must break into the spaces of men and play the status games of men. And that means competing with men in the workforce. 
force. As if womanhood is a hurdle we must overcome. But that's 2010's girl boss feminism, okay? We're entering a new era. I don't know what it's called, if it even is feminism, but we're entering a new era. Like, that stuff doesn't fly anymore, okay? Whenever women are told that empowerment comes in the form of invading men's spaces, that's saying that the spheres of women, which is mostly based in the home, is lower status than that of men in the workplace. And we refuse to accept that. Do you know why society doesn't push this narrative of you can have it all on men? When it's clear that men are enjoying the perks of having it all. Multiple well-adjusted children, thriving career, like they're having it all. For a man to have it all means a woman had to give up either her sanity or her career to subsidize a man having it all. That's why men don't need to be told you can have it all because by default they are having it all. Men have it all by default because women give them their all. So the seemingly pro-women feminist narrative of you can have it all is veiled misogyny used to further women's exploitation. It's perfectly fine to not have it all and it is even more perfectly fine to not want to have it all. When having it all means that women go against their own best interests to further a cause that is so abstract and doesn't benefit us in the here and now, that's not pro-women. You know what's pro-women? Anything that you do that benefits yourself is an ode to womanhood. That's it. Make yourself happy, make yourself thrive, make good decisions for yourself. That's what's best for you as a woman. That's what's best for women. When women make individually good choices for themselves, that's what's best for women. Like stop subscribing to all these movements, to all these ideologies that doesn't personally benefit you. What makes me happy will not be the same exact things that will make you happy. And that's perfectly fine. We're living in an era of personalized medicine, personalized this, personalized that. Like why can't our life choices be personalized too? Back to the topic, I need you to be more comfortable with being a gold digger because we've been conditioned to not be gold diggers to not care about a man's money, to only date for love. That's a big dump truck load of BS bestie. As a woman, it is your birthright to have standards. As a woman, it is your birthright to be a gold digger. As a woman desiring to be a mother, you are well within your rights to be a gold digger. Your children need you to be a gold digger. And before people say that, oh, your definition of gold digger isn't really what a gold digger is. Gold diggers date men only for their money. Like, you're not a gold digger if you want to give up a lot. I'm like, no. Do you think rich men are dumb? They're not dumb okay they get with gold diggers for a reason because the gold diggers have something valuable in exchange for whatever gold they're digging this narrative that there is a difference in how valid women's desire for men's provision is it needs to be gone okay we're done with it we're not doing that gold digger is a term used to police women from doing what is best for them that's it. And I always say provision is a mindset. A man may not have a lot of money, but he is very generous and he wants to provide for you at the level that he can. So go for men with a provision mindset. Because I'm telling you, a man's money doesn't matter unless it's in your pocket. There's a lot of rich men who are stingy, a lot of rich men who would watch you suffer, a lot of rich men who will control you with their money. You don't want those people. You want a good provider man who has the provider mindset. Back to the topic, you absolutely need to care about a man's means and willingness to provide. You need to be a gold digger and you need to be okay with being a gold digger. And we need to normalize turning men down because they can't afford you. I don't know when it became normal for women to be shamed for advocating for themselves. Like when did that happen? Policing women into dating broke and or stingy men is misogyny. All you pikmishas calling women with standards gold diggers, your misogyny showing. I said what I said. 
As a recap, we need to listen to the women that came before us. The women who wish they knew these things before they were in these situations, making these choices. And one of the biggest lessons to learn from this, women wanting to stay home after they had their children but can't, one of the biggest lessons there is to make decisions that expand your choices, not limit them. And one of those decisions is to date only good provider men who can and will provide for you. Because then you have an expansion of choice. You can keep going to work, you can stay home, you can find a balance in between you have the choice but if you date a man who limits your choices you date a non-provider man you date a traditional man who doesn't want you to work okay that's the other end of the spectrum you need to be making decisions that expand your choice not limit them that's all i have for you today just wanted to let you know that you have so much inherent worth and value in a world that is hell-bent on devaluing you now get that bag bestie